evil stepmother makes me step on glass, so I plant evidence on her kids and ruin her life. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. When I was four years old, my father and mother divorced because he cheated on her. They had a really rough divorce and had lots of fights. Eventually, the divorce was settled and my mother and father could move on. My father married his mistress, who I'll call E as to respect her privacy. My father was really happy with her, and me and my sister got a stepbrother and two stepsisters with whom we got along really well. Skip forward two years and E started acting different, and so was my father. Me and my sister often couldn't visit our father because he had to work. Whilst in reality, he was free. When me and my sister were there, we often weren't allowed to eat at the table, which seven-year-old me didn't understand. Eventually, my father started becoming more distant. He didn't wish me happy birthday anymore and missed lots of important milestones in my childhood, like learning to ride a bike or plays at school. When I was nine, my sister and I could only visit four days a month and had to sleep in separate rooms. I vividly remember that during one weekend that we were there, I accidentally broke a glass and E had gotten furious. She sent me upstairs and had me take my socks off, which nine-year-old me found really weird. Then she showed me a piece of glass she held in her hand and said that this is what I deserved for my clumsiness. She pushed the shard of glass into the sole of my foot. I yelled and cried and tried to remove my leg from her grasp when I felt a hand on my shoulder. It was my father's hand. He was helping E do this. I don't remember what happened after that. E also got in a huge fight with my sister and had pulled her by the hair down to the basement. After these two occasions and a lot of verbal abuse, we we decided to break all contact and tell our mother what had happened. We hadn't told her before because, well, he was our father. My mother knew this was serious abuse, but she was too afraid to alert the police since my father had threatened her with violence before. Skip forward another five years. I was 14 and a freshman at the same school my former step-siblings attended. Once I saw them, all the memories started rising again. My two stepsisters had become huge bullies and lots of people hated them. Me and a couple of friends decided to retaliate and secretly put a couple small bags of pot in their backpacks. Apparently, this had caused a huge fight in their home, and my father and E decided to divorce. After this, E got into serious financial troubles, and my father became an alcoholic. Two weeks ago, he was arrested for assault. E has allegedly become a lady of the night, and my former step-siblings have been brought into protective custody. This has all been my fault. It was my idea to put it in their bags, even though they hadn't done anything to me. I ruined the lives of my step-siblings and sent my stepmother and father into a downward spiral. Yet, in some sick way, I don't feel any remorse. My sister has been dealing with a severe eating disorder after all the verbal abuse from E and has been hospitalized twice. I've already attempted self-harm once because of my sexual orientation, since I thought I was an abomination after E's conservative Christian and rants. Now me and my sister are doing better, though we still have traumas. We've thought about starting a lawsuit, but because of our ages during the incidents, legal advisors have advised us to just move on. Anyway, I'm in a real moral dilemma. I did something that caused horrible things, yet I don't feel any remorse. Am I a jerk?
you're not a jerk. I understand why you did what you did. And I think everything that happened as a result afterward isn't exactly your fault. This is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Things must have been coming to a boil before you ever did any of this for it to really blow up the way it did. And as for everything that happened afterwards, they're adults. They make their own decisions. It's not your fault that they're in the state that they're in. I don't think that you should be blaming yourself for all of this. My roommate keeps ruining my sleep, so I make sure he gets plenty of it. I had a good friend staying on my couch years ago. I slept in the loft, so every morning I could hear his alarm go off, much earlier than I would normally wake up. I didn't mind because he needed to get up early for work, but annoyingly, every day he would, without exaggeration, hit snooze eight or more times. So I would be woken up again and again for an hour or more while he tried to get his act together. It would take him at least 45 seconds each time the alarm went off to notice and hit snooze. I would notice the instant it went off and lie there awake waiting for him to come to and turn it off, knowing that it would go on endlessly. It was ruining my morning sleep. When I confronted him about it, he denied hitting snooze more than once, if at all. He was sleeping so deeply, he honestly didn't remember doing it, and refused to believe what I was telling him or acknowledge how much it was bothering me. I suggested that he just set his alarm for the time he needed to wake up, and let us both enjoy sleeping rather than suffering through continual alarms. He doubled down on his story that he was basically getting right up with the first alarm. I was counting though, and some days it was 12 times he was hitting snooze. After a couple of weeks of this, while he was at work, I decided to take matters into my own hands. I took his alarm clock apart and found the wiring on the circuit board that connected to the snooze button. I had originally planned to just disable the snooze button so he would be forced to get up on the first alarm. But once the clock was apart, I came up with a better plan. I wired the snooze button to the alarm off switch. So now, instead of resetting the alarm to go off again in 10 minutes, it would just shut it off entirely. If he was getting up on the first alarm like he said, it shouldn't be a problem, right? The next morning, I heard my friend's alarm go off and him eventually roll over, grunt, and hit snooze as normal. But then, I got to enjoy a few more hours of sleep until he finally woke up on his own and ran out of the door cursing loudly, late for work. This went on for about a week, him snoozing his alarm once, sleeping in, and being late for work. He sheepishly confided in me that his alarm wasn't working for some reason, and that he was afraid of losing his job. He said it worked fine whenever he would test it, but never worked in the morning. He didn't know what to do, but he didn't trust his alarm anymore. That was supposed to be my moment of glory, but I honestly felt too bad for him at the time to rub his nose in his lack of awareness of his own obnoxious alarm habits. He had just gone through a bit of a hard time and been a good friend to me through my own difficulties. I told him he should probably just get a new clock. And shortly thereafter, we both moved to a new city. I forgot about it until years later when we were reminiscing, and I told him how I had sabotaged his clock and how it proved that he was a chronic multi-snoozer. I'm still super proud of how it worked out, even if I was a bit of a jerk for enjoying it at the time. Okay, honestly, I relate to this one a little personally because my fiance used to be guilty of this too. Thankfully, she responded to the conversation of, hey, 
Can you just please stop hitting snooze over and over again and maybe set the alarm for the actual time you need to get up? Mind you, that conversation did have to happen a few times. Your solution, however, I'll give you credit for as being much more creative. It definitely got you the results you wanted, at least. And in the end, no harm done. The guy didn't lose his job or anything. Entitled drunk woman berates me over the phone when I'm only trying to help. A few years ago, I used to work overnight, 11pm to 7am for an insurance company. I did roadside service which consisted of people calling in about a flat tire, dead battery, or in this case, keys locked in the car. I'd then call and pay a contracted company to go out and help. So, around 3am my time, a woman calls in from Phoenix for help. She's locked out of her car. She started off the call very impatient and belligerent. First off, she was slurring heavily, so I was having a hard time getting her address, which I guess was my fault. I had to have her repeat the city a few times, since I genuinely couldn't understand her. She hated this and began mocking me and implying I wasn't from this country, which I in fact was. Apparently, my southern accent didn't allude to that. Anyway, once I got the address, I asked what the address was for a reference for the locksmith. House, store, gas station, what was it? She said it was a house. I looked it up on Google Maps and it was, in fact, a dive bar. Uh Uh-huh. I put her on hold to call the locksmith. Once I got back over, she continued to be generally displeased and angry at me personally because it would take 45 minutes for the locksmith to get there, which is actually decent time, especially past midnight. It was my fault she'd have to wait for her keys. Whatever. I hung up and googled the local police, called them and reported her for a potential DUI, mostly because she ticked me off. Sure enough, about 45 minutes later, the locksmith called back saying he couldn't perform the service. I could hear yelling in the background. Apparently, the woman began fighting with the police when they arrived and was being arrested by the time the driver showed up. Her husband slash boyfriend, who the driver said seemed sober, was trying to talk them out of it. So it turns out she did have a designated driver, but her drunken anger made her start fighting the police that showed up. So that jerk learned the hard way. Be nicer to call center employees. Honestly, you did the right thing here. You contacted the authorities after you thought this woman was going to be attempting to drive her car while drunk. I don't blame you. The last thing you want is to find out that someone got hurt in this situation and you could have done something about it. At the very least, it doesn't hurt to call the police and have them at least go check out this situation to make sure that there is in fact a designated driver. At the end of the day, everyone's safety comes first, not this lady's convenience, especially when she's being a jerk. My brother's girlfriend was disowned by her parents, but boy did they come to regret it. This basically happened like three weeks ago. I moved out from my mother's house since I was going off to university to study math and physics. My brother had a girlfriend, who I really liked and respected. I soon accepted her as part of my family. She used to spend lots of time at our place because her parents were a nightmare. They were pretty poor, which doesn't have anything to do with them being horrible parents, just for context. But they were also hella stingy. Here in Germany, you'll get money for your child to buy them food, provide shelter, warmth, and clothes. Her parents didn't spend her child's money on anything for her. She had to sleep in a dark, cold room, buy her own clothes, and got no pocket money. 
The only money she got was from her job being a post girl. That job only amounted to 48 euros in total a month, and her bus ticket would already cost her 58 euros. So she had to ask her mom to lend her something, which she would always have to pay back to her. Her parents didn't want her to move out or go study, since she was way too intelligent for them to ever control, unlike her simple brother. When she said she wanted to move together with my brother into the city, where she had gotten an apprenticeship, her mom nearly exploded. She actually had hoped she wouldn't get the job so she could realize how stupid she was for wanting a good future for herself. You can imagine how much her parents hated my brother. Fast forward, I come back home to stay a few weeks at home, visiting friends and relatives. She is, as usual, at our house. But my mother then told me she was living there, permanently, being registered exactly at my home address. I'm a little stunned as I had only some days before suggested the very thing to her, and she said she didn't want to break ties with her family. But things changed when her mom tried to cut up her prom dress she had been given by my mother as a present. She was furious about what her mother wanted to do. She just explained that she never got such a nice dress, so why would her daughter? My brother's girlfriend just called my brother. My mother then drove him to her since his car is getting fixed. They just packed up the most stuff they could carry, not including a lot of stuff my brother's girlfriend had gotten as a present, since she didn't pay for it so it wasn't hers. So her bike, her clothes given to her by her aunt, and some of the presents she had gotten from my brother had to be left behind, since her mom was threatening to call the cops. The last words were, You can always come back to us when he's beating you black and blue. We love you. My brother can be a jerk, but he never got violent towards anyone. To this day, she's still living with us. Now, here comes the juicy bit. Since my mother is really good with law and legal stuff, we've gotten her parents to pay the child money that they're now owing her. We also requested for a money support for her since she's got no income. She's only 18, so she'll get a lot of money from her child money, plus the apprenticeship earnings, plus a little extra from our family. Meanwhile, before, her parents were gifting themselves smartwatches and laptops for Christmas. My brother's girlfriend had gotten a shampoo bottle with a discount label on it. So after a few days, they realized they were in a lot of financial doo-doo and had to pay her back four months of child support, which they couldn't. They pleaded for the amount to be halved, which my brother's girlfriend could have agreed to, but she just took a pen and said, screw that crossed out their plea and put it back in the envelope. She now doesn't have anything to do with those jerks anymore, who tried through multiple means to get to her. I really admire her for staying that cool all these years. Honestly, this one just makes me kind of sad that she had to go through all this. Your parents are supposed to be there to support you, not make your life harder or make you feel like crap. A lot of her parents' actions were indirectly making her feel like she was lesser, that she didn't deserve nice things. I'm just really glad that your brother and your family were so nice and supportive to her when she needed it. You guys really came through for her and gave her what she needed, which was a home and family. All in all, a happy ending for this story. I told my brother and sister-in-law who just had a baby that I don't want kids. I'm a 17-year-old female. My brother, 31, and my sister-in-law, 31, just had a baby boy almost a week ago. They struggled to have children for a while and ended up doing IVF to conceive. 
After they got home from the hospital, I went with the rest of my family to my brother and sister-in-law's house to see the baby. When I was holding him, my mom said something like, You're gonna make such a good mom, I can't wait for you to have kids. And I just laughed and said that I'm not gonna have kids. When we left their house, my mom said it was rude for me to say I wasn't going to have kids after my brother and sister-in-law went through so much trouble to have their baby. But I've told my mom multiple times that I don't want kids. So she shouldn't have brought it up at all if she thought it would offend them. I think the only reason she made the comment about me being a good mom is because she's always trying to convince me to have kids. She tells me that I'm probably going to change my mind about it, that I'm never going to find a husband because most men want kids, and just straight up says, you have to have kids. My brother and sister-in-law didn't seem offended by my comments. I think my mom was just getting offended for them, and I don't think it's a bad thing to not want children and to tell people that. Am I the jerk? I don't think you're a jerk for saying something honestly. You're entitled to feel how you feel. If you don't want to have kids, then that's entirely up to you. I'm sure your brother and sister-in-law are aware that not everyone wants kids. You're not insulting them because they just had one or because they went through so much to have it. You're just simply stating how you feel about the topic. And there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, it's your mom who's being kind of the jerk. She really seemed like she was trying to put you on the spot there, or try and take advantage of some emotions you were having in that moment holding a baby, and then to turn around later and give you a hard time for making the comment she was probably pretty sure you were going to make anyway, just makes it seem even more like she's just giving you a hard time. It sounds like she's having a hard time accepting the fact that maybe you don't want kids. And heck, maybe you will change your mind one day, but that's entirely up to you, not up to her to force it on you. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.